0: Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. Today is a very special episode that we have been waiting to serve you for a while. We interview Eleanor Hill from TMI. Eleanor is an editor at TMI, Treasury Management International, and we are extremely pleased to have her as she also is one of the main hosts of the Treasury Cast podcast. It is basically one of the biggest treasury podcasts out there. Eleanor also interviews bankers, corporate treasurers, fintech founders, and much more in order to gather insights and identify trends on what is happening in the world of treasury. However, she introduces herself much better than I would right at the beginning of the episode, so you will soon know much more about her. In the episode of today, expect to learn... What is TMI and the Treasury cast? What are the major trends Eleanor has identified for the coming year? The importance of developing and maintaining a network in Treasury? What are Treasury associations, NTAs and the role they play together with TMI? And much more. This is honestly one of the best episodes we recorded so far. Eleanor is fascinating and the conversation flows as we rarely had on the podcast. And on top of that, we had lots of fun talking all together, as you will hear very soon in this episode. If you enjoy it, please consider leaving us a review. Reviews are the best way to grow for podcasters, and this will allow us to invite more and more amazing guests like Eleanor. With all that being said, please welcome Eleanor Hill. Eleanor, thank you so much for joining us on the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. Um, Welcome. Can you uh, maybe to start with and kick things off, uh, quickly introduce yourself and explain us what you do?
1: Yeah, of course. Hopefully that's the easy question. I can do that one. Uh, but <laughs> I'm like, uh, super inviting me to join you both here today. It's, it's great to be here. And uh, I know we've got loads to talk about, um, but for anybody, I'm editor of Treasury Management International Magazine. The better known in the market as TMI. I've been doing that since 2018. And I previously edited all kinds of different financial magazines. So I was editor of World Accounting Report, FX and an MM magazine, Treasury Today. And I've been writing about Treasury for 15 years, which makes me sound really, really old um, and feel very old, (laughs) but there it is. So I've seen a lot of evolution in that time Um, and in my spare time, I kind of, a very uh, artsy person, outdoorsy person, so I love to paint and I spend a lot of time walking my very large dog who you may or may not hear at <laughs> <play. laughs> some point but there we
0: go perfect would be a pleasure and yeah you you may have started early so that's that's totally fine um and so quite some knowledge about the, the treasury medias in general i feel can you uh focusing maybe a little bit on tmi um explain us what's what tmi does actually and uh, the purpose of so the podcast you uh, host quite regularly is the Treasury Cast. Yep. Uh, I think those two are linked. Um, can you yeah, quickly walk us through those two?
1: Yeah, of course. So TMI, like you say, it's we're a global treasury media provider. Uh, we've mm-hmm. been going since 1992, so had our 30th birthday last year. And our sort of digital relief office has been to provide top quality thought leadership on the trends shaping corporate treasury. So, we do this by a number of different means, but a lot of it's interviewing kind of the great and good of the Treasury world. So, that's group treasurers, it's CFOs, it's bank execs, and also more and more fintechs. Um, yeah. And the world of publishing has evolved hugely from just magazines and also for sustainability reasons away from paper. So, we've I've embraced digital media quite a bit with our TMI app, and we've got webinars, and the Treasury Class podcast is our TMI podcast channel, is really taken off. It's huge. Um, it's such a good platform because you kind of get a hit of the latest information, yeah. topics, everything from global minimum tax to sustainable supply chain financing. You get to speak to all kinds of different people from all different geographies, and it, it's kind of great, well, as well as informative. So, yeah, no complaints about that.
0: Awesome. Yeah, the Treasury Podcasts definitely are on the rise. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, well, I think
1: it's just a nice, it's a different medium for people. And you can see to on a podcast while you're doing something else. You can multitask and you can kind of get a little bit of info. It doesn't take you as much time. And, and you get that human element as, to it as well, which I think is really important in this age. of Everyone kind of working remotely and a lot of people still working remotely. It just gives you a bit more of you a know, connection.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. It makes sense. I like to cook uh, whilst I listen to podcasts. So it's true. Multitasking is definitely one of the perks. Uh
1: am <laughs> angry, though, because you've got.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I didn't say I cook well. I just like to cook <laughs> once I do this. Okay. And so um, back to TMI, maybe. So where do you operate exactly? So as this Treasury um, Media, is yeah. there a geography uh, notion or like what types of work and uh, editorial yeah. management do you do exactly?
1: A lot of people think. Because we're UK-based, that we're, we're UK-focused, which is actually not the case, um, okay. we do have a big tie-up with the EACT, so the European Association of Corporate Treasurers, um, so we work a lot with them. Um, as a consequence, a lot of our subscribers are based in Europe, about 40%, we have about 25% in Asia-Pacific, 25% in the Americans, and the rest in middle east and africa so it's a a really big spread um and we do like you said we've got articles we've got podcasts we also do industry surveys which i love they're so fascinating and you get to see the trends that are going on in different regions uh we run various events in association with national treasury bodies so like the irish association of corporate treasurers we've been doing a conference with them so that was last november and we're doing that again this year, and then the EACT Summit, and then 4 and webinars and more.
0: So,
1: it's a huge production. Um,
0: yeah, it sounds like it.
1: Yeah, but we're a small team, uh, a tight-knit team, that's been working remotely for uh, as long as TMI has been in existence. So, okay. it, yeah, it's quite interesting. So, I've never actually been to the TMI physical office, much as I've worked for TMI really? 2018. Now, did I, did I interviews in London? and then I work I live in South East Kent so near Canterbury some people will recognise that as a landmark in the UK Uh, and then the rest of our team is all spread about in different areas of the UK but it it works really well when we all just communicate as would a normal team
2: Awesome Super clear That's really interesting so I mean amongst all of that then Eleanor um, you guys do articles, videos various content pieces around Treasury Um, what have you seen in recent? I'm looking at 2023. I've been the recent trends in treasury overall. What's been coming up more and more? What are people interested?
1: Yeah, how long have you got? Like <laughs> I could write a couple of books on this. There's, there's so much <laughs> going on. Honestly, like treasury is it's never dull. There's always something going on. But right now, it's just absolutely immense. There's so many challenges in the macro environment. So if we look at risk management to begin with. We've still got some geographies dealing with the pandemic, and there's still definitely shocks for the pandemic. We've got Russia's war in Ukraine. We've got other geopolitical tensions boiling over, the energy crisis, the economic squeeze. So there's a recession on the cards as well. That means that there's a great deal of market volatility. And in turn, that means there's a huge spotlight on FX. And also for treasurers that deal with commodities, commodity risk is likely back in the spotlight as well. So hedging those more effectively, I think, would be probably a number one priority for a lot of our leaders our and listeners at the moment. We did an interesting podcast on FX recently um, with a couple of guys from Barclays, and they were just talking about you've got to be looking at building more optionality into your hedging strategies these days. So it's kind of taking a fresh look at derivatives, seeing what's new, seeing what you could do a little bit differently. And for some treasurers, to be honest, it's using them for the first time as well. Like A lot of people haven't operated in an environment where they've had to. Maybe if they're younger treasurers or um, sort of newish into the profession, they haven't used derivatives before. So it's kind of getting familiar with those. And then I would say FX payments or the sort of transactional FX side of things as well. So it's not just that FX where you've got the huge bits that you're hedging, but it's those tiny transactions that you're doing it's the international payments all of that adds up and kind of making sure that you're getting the best rates on those as well and i guess there's some lot of supply chain related risks at the moment as well so with the pandemic you've got people's nearshoring friendshoring reshoring you've got new suppliers coming in so that potentially means new countries new currencies but also increasingly seeing a lot of the bigger buyers wanting to support their suppliers who are financially strained at the moment. So looking at things like supply chain finance again. So that's been huge from a a risk management point of view. Um if I look at cash management, I guess, you know, kind of cash and liquidity, liquidity point of view, obviously you've got rising interest rates. So people are, are looking at where should they be putting their excess cash if they're lucky enough to have excess cash. Not not everyone is. So it's sort of that, what's acceptable in terms of risk? Should they just be in deposits? Are deposit rates reflecting the actual rate rises quickly enough? You know, are MMFs a good answer at the moment? Or is there kind of regulatory reform on on the horizon? Um, And then a lot around cash forecasting with the economic squeeze. So people looking at better forecasting tech, trying to look at where working capital is trapped. um, And that also comes back to the supply chain angle i don't know what you guys are hearing but there's a lot of companies that we speak to that are sitting on significant inventories at the moment so there was that whole move away just in time just in case and people were frightened about not having enough stock to sell because of the supply chain issues so they've got really? these massive inventories but that's tying up working capital so there's sort of some work to do there with other departments as well but i don't know if that echoes what you guys are hearing
0: hundred percent yeah absolutely kim yeah, we did a whole um. Uh, in in
2: light of everything that's been going on, we we've done quite a lot of episodes explaining why interest rates are up, how they go up, how they go down, who sets them, etc., like that. I think hedging was one of the most popular episodes. People were really interested yeah. in that, probably to do with the times that we are going through, like you said. And I guess that's all on top of just the normal challenges in treasury, yeah. right? Which is like talent and talent acquisition, making treasury. Um, accessible to people and to getting good talent in you've got um, technology bringing this huge wave of uh, demand as well for again good talent but also um, better use of the existing data that treasury sits on is that those things I guess have always been there right but it just sort of squeezed more with the recent economic condition
1: It's, it's a lot more difficult for treasurers and there's a huge concern in the industry about attracting future talent Um, When we talk to the NCAs, they're quite concerned around attracting younger members as well and how to liaise with sort of universities and make sure that we're bringing on that next generation. There is an issue where, you know, treasury is not necessarily seen as the sexiest profession. Mm. um, And there's also a diversity issue, you know, it's still very male, pale, stale. So even when we go to industry events, I'll quite often be hanging one of a few women. Um, it's Mm -hmm. very white dominant. it's, um, age range also and huge lack of diversity there, I think there's a lot more that needs to be done to make it feel accessible to people. But like you said, Hassan also loads of new skills required, so we do need people who are up on data analytics and AI, and those are those younger generations, of course we need to be looking at upskilling existing staff as well, and there's a lot of opportunities to look to technology for, for better training for existing staff and maybe transfer opportunities within organisations. I think we've got people to talk really about new ways to recruit people getting the next generation or really pushing things like blind um, recruitment so that we get that diversity being through. Um, but there's what I have people with technology skills. You Also, um, we did a survey back end of last year, looking at what kind of skills treasurers might be looking for when they're recruiting in the future and it was this it was interest in tech, um, it was people skills but it was also an interest in sustainability and ESG and that's a, another huge theme coming through for treasurers becoming massively mainstream and treasurers wanting to appoint um, an ESG champion almost within the organization so it's, there's a lot going on it's moved beyond green bonds and loans to sustainable deposits, sustainable yeah, we've bought ESG link effects derivatives. So there's a whole lot going on there as well. Yes, there's uh, the negative connotations, there's the greenwashing. Um, but again that's another thing I think the finance is going
2: through. Okay, that was a lot. Um, <laughs> okay. just 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 for just for our listeners' scheme we've touched on pretty much all of those topics that Ellen just yes. mentioned. The only one that I don't think I've heard of before is MMF. I think you mentioned Eleanor. Yeah. And, yes. and this is corporate treasury one oh one. So and I'm here to be the dumb guy. That asks the silly questions. So what well, what's MMF? You mentioned it just briefly.
1: MMF is a money market fund, so it will be okay. an investment that some treasurers will use. They're quite popular with treasurers. Again, that's evolving actually. The ESG MMFs are coming. So there's there's sort of there's a few about. Um but there's also a lot of regulation in that space. There's been some reform already, both in the EU and in the States. But there's a little bit more coming. So potentially
0: and uh, why is it um, a tool that's treasurers like exactly? What's one of the features that makes it convenient or safe, um, whatever so, it is? So that's
1: one of the main things um, and kind of very reliable as because of the heavy regulation around it. You know, mm-hmm. you feel like it's a, a safe place to to put your money.
0: Awesome.
2: Indeed. Very cool. And so um, out of interest, Eleanor, have you seen then with this expanding need for better or treasury, in different corporations due to the the conditions, Um, do you see more interest from other parts of companies? So where typically perhaps TMI was just attracting treasurers, maybe you even starting to hear more from, you know, more from CFOs, for example, and from um, HR and whatnot. Is that also like, have you seen treasury broaden into other parts of an organization?
1: Absolutely, and treasury is actually recognised by the parts of the organisation. <laughs> Victory, <laughs> the treasurer does now. Yeah, you know, that's after the battle. Um, but we we definitely have our our readership is probably about ten percent CFO. We quite often speak with CFOs about hmm. the treasury is up to what expectations they want, and we increasingly see that there's a, a lot of dialogue between the treasurer and the CFO. But also with other departments, like you mentioned, so, uh, with procurement that, that link is becoming much, much mm-hmm. more as we look into those supply chain issues with ESG department sustainability functions, a couple of as I know are actually responsible for sustainability alongside Treasury now. Um, others are just working really closely with the sustainability department to make sure that they're getting right. Um. HR, I don't know so much. I Haven't heard so much on that, so I'd be curious to hear if if you have heard that. I I haven't. It's not one that I've come across, but certainly treasury reaches broadening. Those relationships are improving. Um, mm. It's a lot of work still to do, and, and the IT department is always one way. Yeah, you've got to have a great relationship.
0: Always have time. To <laughs> you <leave>. better. <laughs> Yeah, HR very little to be honest. There is always this um payroll dimension, right? That is somehow linked to treasury um for the payment in batches and the confidentiality and so on. So that's one aspect that it's something that we have tackled very little, yeah. except for the recruitment aspect that you that you mentioned earlier, which is also it's um very present. But that's that's li- is linked to treasury. Um but okay, super clear. And so Going back on the different dimensions and the trends that you've identified, what are the tools that you have also maybe heard of or seen in the market recently that, um, let's say, maybe are the tools of the future? or How treasurers can liber- leverage those tools in order to tackle uh, the more and more demanding tasks such as the high volatility of the market, FX, communities, risk, and so on? What What do you see there?
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's so many different things going on, and obviously, it's going to depend treasury department to treasury department. But I think
0: mm-hmm.
1: got to be looking at automation at this point because yeah. there's so much for people to do. Treasury departments are typically pretty lean. You know, they might only be a couple of people. If you're lucky, there's at the other end. You've got the huge treasury departments where they've got their own tech person or even their own tech on, but they are few far between. So you, it's a classic case of kind of do more or less. So you've got to be looking at robotic process RPA.
2: Um, mm-hmm. you can combine
1: combined with a bit of artificial intelligence, AI, so smart RPA, even if it's just for extracting data from one source to get it into another source, man- like, went out all of that manual work, so it just happened more Um I think API, application, programming, interface is going to be very important. Again, they're not silver bullets. but you can use them for a number of different tasks. You can integrate systems very easily with them. You can use them for back reporting, so you can just ping the back via the API and get an instant report back. You
2: can use mm-hmm. for
1: payment initiation so you don't have to log out of your TMS and go onto the bank portal and do your payment from there. You can actually do it within the TMS, so you don't have to do all that re-logging in. Um, you can get instant FX rates plugged in via an API into your international payments workflows so that comes back to the transaction effect that I spoke about so that you, you know instantly what it's going to be you know what the deductions are going to be so there's a lot more visibility there but there's that's kind of stuff that's happening today and people wow. are implementing. and yeah it, there's great possibilities there as much as there's obviously risks and there's costs and all the rest of it but there's um i guess there's that's innovation reality but there's a lot of innovation hype out there as well so we probably can't do this podcast without talking about generative ai which is chat gpt which,
0: yes oh, i everyone,
1: want to. yes well we <laughs> went it's all over linkedin at the moment um so it's kind of a major name in this space it is a, a generative ai chatbot so it's kind of produces content essentially but you could use it to write a treasury policy eventually uh, you know as you could use it to give you information about like FX and help you to inform decisions but it's very 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 early days and people are not doing that so it's not set to revolutionize treasury just yet we certainly don't think so and this so things like the metaverse you know we've heard that come up a couple of times in treasury conversation we see more webinars about it do I think that treasurers should be prioritizing it right now over other innovations? No, no. Not for me. So I think it's looking at what can really make a difference today. And that would be that automation, so the RPA, adding in AI for cash flow, looking at those APIs. Um, but having an eye on the future, so you've got to be thinking about sort of CBDCs, so central bank digital currencies, and also cryptocurrencies. Not going to be relevant to every treasurer, certainly not at this stage. But that's the way the world is moving, is towards digital money, digital wallet, and anyone who's sort of into e commerce probably just keeping an eye
0: on. Okay awesome and so to name a few i don't know if uh, you had you mentioned that you're talking more and more with fintechs and uh, probably with that come innovations and so on um chat DPT, i wanted to ask this question awesome that you, you touched upon it um i don't know if the applications yet for treasury are really reliable or 100 percent live on the market obviously it will come though um but so right now and maybe in the coming months or even year do you have like some fintechs, new payment solutions or reporting tools, or and so on that you have in mind, or what's what's uh, your vision on the yeah, market? I
1: don't want to single any particular ones out, probably. Okay. Because there's a lot of a lot of different ones out there, but I'm going to point people towards the TMI Innovation. Okay. So this is where we host a load of different fintechs. We interview them. We ask them what they're up to. And then we kind of give a verdict on how we think they can help treasures. So it's innovation.treasury managementcom um, And they can kind of have a browse and look at all different fintechs in different areas. So some of them are looking at risk management. Some of them are looking at dynamic discounting. And they all have some relevance to Treasury. Not always of them operate in all job fees yet. They're small, they're upcoming. Um, so it's worth having a kind of we we'll look around, um, but there's some very interesting solutions out there for sure, particularly for treasurers with slightly smaller budgets. And what I'm seeing now is that treasurers are not afraid to go to work with fintechs directly. So mm-hmm. in the past, it was very much looking for a fintech bank buyer. We've seen a lot more of that. Um, we're seeing a lot of uh, fintech <laughs> cash forecasting platforms working with banks to integrate that into their systems, that kind of thing, so it's available for that bank's particular customer. But yeah, but we're seeing is just going direct to insects, having those relationships and, and getting things at a budget that they can afford.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we put um, the link of the TMI Innovation Lab in the description uh, for those interested so they can have a look and see what's out there.
2: So Eleanor, super interesting topic to touch on. One of the things that Guillaume's taught me about Treasury is you can't get away with talking about Treasury without also talking about regulation. Which yeah. much to much to everyone's uh, dismay, I think in the treasury world. So, what, how have you seen again with all this change coming in treasury? Have you seen regulation going coming as fast as well in the market? Mm-hmm. Uh, and is that something treasurers are concerned about? How are they tackling it? What's what's happening in the regulation space with all this rapid change in treasury?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's always regulation and it, it's always evolving. So I mentioned the money market fund regulation earlier. That's just one minor part of what goes on in Treasury and the kind of regulations that Treasurers are worried about. And of course, it varies hugely by region. Um, but if we look at, so I mentioned the, the European Association of Corporate Treasurers earlier, they provide a, a regular update to their members on regulations to watch. And they've got 15 regulations on their watch list at the moment so that kind of gives you an idea of the scope um so yes there's a huge amount going on it varies massively the way you operate um but one of the ones that's still ongoing is LIBOR transition because the USD LIBOR is being phased out mid this year um so there's a lot of contracts etc that are still being transitioned across to, to new reference rates um there's a number of regulations coming into force at the beginning of next year so beginning of 2024 that people need to be thinking about one of them i mentioned already uh, that we've done a podcast on that's the global minimum tax so this is the oecd move to 15 percent minimum corporation tax rate and that was adopted by the eu at the end of last year it's very ambitious and there's a, a sort of Uh, A lot of suspicions that timelines will move and this will float on forever. Um, But, you know, there may potentially be an impact on where companies are operating because certain jurisdictions won't be as tax efficient anymore. So that's obviously going to have an impact on Treasury um, and cash flows and structures and all the rest of it. Um, And then on the ESG side of things, we're seeing Treasurers become increasingly involved there, particularly if they're doing things like green financing or sustainable supply chain finance. So in the EU, we did have the non-financial reporting directive that's going to be replaced by the CSRD, so the corporate sustainability reporting directive, and that elevates sustainability reporting to the same level as financial reporting for the first time. So that's quite a huge deal. And as much as it's not directly linked to Treasury, we'll probably see quite a lot of Treasurers getting involved, like I said, if they're involved in ESG themselves, but also because they're just used to doing reporting. They know what's required, so they're probably going to have quite a few people coming to them asking questions. So that that's one to be prepared for. Um, but the, the, the number of regulations, if you look at each region, it's absolutely huge. We, we published, uh, I think it was today, uh, a piece looking at payments regulations in asia and each jurisdiction has its own thing going on so it's impossible nigh on impossible to keep up with it all as a treasurer so you asked about kind of how best to to tackle it and what treasurers can do absolutely at this point got to look for support so it might be internal experts and it's always worth kind of looking around internally before you go externally you've got in-house legal teams who could help Um, But also turn to your banks, look at consultants, your NTAs. So a lot of the NTAs have their own regulatory specialists. They'll be able to assist. Um, Again, look to media because we do try to run explainers on things when we can. Um, And another potential area to look to for the future is RegTech. So, it's like a branch of fintech, but looking at regulation. At, um, at the moment, it's kind of mainly for the banks. So, there's a lot of big red tech firms helping the banks out behind the scenes. But it is emerging into the corporate space, particularly around ESG reporting. So, I think that's maybe one to look into for the future. But regulation is just, yeah, an ever-evolving beast. Absolutely
2: ask for help.
0: Yes. Yeah, so the like a dream world, indeed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: More Just relevant. a quick terms check. I think, Guillaume, the only one that stuck out for me there was LIBOR. I think we've talked that when we talked interest rates, that banks use that to set the interest rates between yeah. each other. Is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: That's it. Very good. Making sure I still remember <laughs> everything that Guillaume has taught me. Sporting, oh. we'll you're sport <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I've kind of downloaded quite a lot there of what I'm. Um, and as I said I could go on forever There's honestly there's so much going on it's never nothing to write about or talk about but is there anything else that you've heard from your podcast interviewees or you're just seeing in the market in terms of trends for the 2023?
0: 2023? Um, well the one that came um, often um, especially so obviously one of our first big interviews was with Mike Richards uh, where yeah. we talked about So the the organization of Treasury Department and the different roles we can find in um, Treasury Departments. And obviously, we tackled the the issue, um, so we say, uh, of talent acquisition and and actually retention. Uh, That's really something that is quite of a a struggle for treasurers, apparently. And uh, one quote from him that I find quite quite interesting is that there is not a talent pool, there is a talent puddle when it comes to Treasury. (laughs) And... uh, I mean, I guess that makes his business uh, going well, right? But it's, it's also <laughs> true when you see how many positions are out there and how much of a niche market it is. You mentioned it, um, getting young talents out of university. Also, because so far, there are not that many very treasury-focused studies. You start to have certain modules in, in finance masters and so on. Um, I think it's, it's still quite true in the treasury is, right? most of the people don't know what it is uh, when they come out of uni yeah so talent acquisition and retaining for sure and that's also something bart hendrix uh, from civil logistic mentioned so he uh he's responsible for the building and reinforcement of his team um and obviously he was like yeah we we are creating a, an in-house bank a short service center and uh we need to find the right talents with the right skills which the needs constantly evolves off um yeah. so we are talking one more, more about data skills data management skills data science um on top of treasury um knowledge and so on so yeah this one and you you touched upon it huh? uh that's definitely one that uh, i think must be insisted on because it seems to be uh, quite the trend uh, in 2023 is it new probably not uh, but that still remains uh, one of the main issue
1: yeah
0: yeah the sound thank you um
2: I mean, my background is in engineering, right? So the thing that I found most interesting from all of our conversations is just how big data science has been getting in yeah. um, in treasury overall. Um, again, things that Mike's mentioned before, uh, Bart Hendricks mentioned, we also had TIS, um, which is a Treasury vendor on, who talked a lot about, and we had a really interesting discussion about upskilling existing organizations as well.
1: Yeah, Green Man from
2: TMS. T- yeah, Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Along he used with to be a treasurer, so he has like all kinds of insight. Yeah, super interesting indeed. So I, I find that really interesting as a challenge, which is departments, treasury departments need to not only recruit for um for the, the new age of data being the new gold, um, but also uh, upskill existing talent, which sounds harder to me, at least. Yeah,
1: um, I agree. particularly when you've got so much on your plate already and it's hard to find.
2: Like, yeah, exactly it's super hard right so uh and and he also they also mentioned back then that actually some departments aren't even hiring finance majors just going straight to the um to the data science majors and yeah. saying well it's easier yeah. to teach a data scientist treasury than it's teach treasurer data science yeah <laughs> which was which was quite interesting as well so i i think that's that seems to be a recurring theme okay. from all of our exploration to treasury Definitely. Uh, is that data science is is is, is a must have skill nowadays
0: yeah and um so continuing on on people actually and maybe that's the that's the proper transition um i would like to uh to touch upon networks uh, and networking in treasury eleanor would you say that developing and maintaining uh, a network is important in treasury and whether the answer is yes or no uh, why so
1: yeah um <laughs> i'd say absolutely yes but mm-hmm. i kind of have to caveat that because i'm a massive introvert Um, and networking is my absolute nightmare. So if you're someone like me who hates networking events and would rather just be in your own bubble, it can seem like an absolute nightmare, but it's important for a number of reasons to kind of build connections with other people. So it's knowledge sharing, first of all, particularly at the kind of NTA level. Um, it's seeing best practice from other people, but also learning how not to approach something. So treasurers are a great bunch and they're very friendly and they'll quite happily tell you how a project has gone and what went right and what went wrong. Um, and I think that's probably one of the most important things is that knowledge sharing, but also for moral support because treasury can be a really tough job. Um, there's an awful lot on your plate and sometimes it's just nice to talk to someone who, who knows what it's like, um, and kind of can just support you through something or give you a bit of mentorship on the side but they actually understand how it is to to be a treasurer to have all those pressures on you so yes it's absolutely important to develop it and maintain it to make regular contact but i understand that it's a lot easier for some people than
2: others as an introvert then do you have any tips for people to what's your how do you get yourself going as an introvert email (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I, I do use linkedin absolutely loads. so um even if i've been to a conference like i'll get really delicate list in advance and i'll target maybe a couple of people that i'll go and speak to so i set myself a you know i've got to go and speak to these three people I'll okay do that or get through that excruciating moment with made me a glass of wine Um, And then the rest of them that I haven't managed to reach out to, I'll kind of connect with on LinkedIn and say, oh, so sorry, I didn't have time to meet you at XYZ conference, but, and kind of take it from there. So, you know, limit the the human contact if that's difficult and use the online resources because they're there.
0: But that's, that's super funny because you, you've, you hosted, um, if, if I'm not mistaken, hundreds of podcasts by now. <laughs> so you, so you obviously interact with many, many people, treasury and, the and, and broader. I know. Uh, but, and I guess that's a good leverage as well, right? To get in touch with people, have a discussion yeah. in, a, in a defined context and frame. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't sound as much like as a treasury or network event where you, should yeah, be yeah. describe a bit more as, as an extraordinary.
1: Yeah, but I do find it really exhausting, and I think that's what the- <laughs> I And If you're an introvert, you don't get energy from other people. It kind of makes you tired being with other people. So I'm super antisocial when we go to treasury events, even treasury events that we host. If I'm moderating a panel or whatever, I'll do all of that. Maybe do like half an hour networking but I, everyone knows by now that I will go back to my hotel room. I am will not go for the drinks. I will not do that. I just need time to go and like recharge and also to process things. So my, my thought process is always very sort of considered and I'm not one of those people who likes to be on the spot thinking about things, whatever, I would like to have time to prepare. So this is why I was happy that you, you sent me some questions in advance to have a think about and not put me on the spot too much.
0: My uh, my great pleasure, but now I also understand a little bit more the um, zero presence at the office, hundred percent remote <laughs> work. That's <laughs> that aligns a bit with that. I'm still in trouble, I guess. Okay, but uh, super clear. And so, moving on this networking aspect, how um how do you see and how can the different actors in the treasury war So I'm talking about banks, system vendors, associations, as you just mentioned, yeah. um we touched upon consultants as well. How all, all those actors um can collaborate to bring value to their clients by collaborating and networking. Is, yeah. there, is it something here?
1: I think we're seeing a lot more partnerships. So that's mm-hmm. formal arrangements with FinTech, banks, and then there's the kind of the more informal collaboration. So things like treasury think tanks some of the banks will organize all of their corporate clients um and a lot more co-creation as well so it's a lot more two-way but i still think it's quite compartmentalized and i'd love to see it go a little bit deeper um dare i say set aside some rivalries for the good of the profession um so if we think about kind of specific issues like KYC, I know that treasurers would love more coordination between banks on that particular area and it's very difficult but it never seems to happen. So I'd love to see a little bit more kind of a little deeper collaboration. It also goes for the treasury publishing world because there's some organizations that act very competitively or they're very territorial in the publishing world when actually it would be great to work together and get a little bit more reach. So yeah, I'd love to push the boundaries of that a little bit. I don't know how we go about it. That's the challenge. Um, but if if people are open for working together a bit more at a deeper level, that would be excellent going forward. So maybe well, maybe it's gonna have to face some more networking. Um, but I think it's getting people together in a room and having really candid conversations and that's that sort of feel far between in treasury because you're normally in some kind of formal setting. Where people are afraid to share, like I said, what went wrong, or or they find it difficult to voice their concerns because they're worried about upsetting a certain person or something. So it's almost like you need to have a, a gloves off type event where you know what what goes on tour, stays on tour, kind of thing, um, and you can just have those very very candid conversations. That would be amazing. That would be my wish for the festival.
0: Yeah, for them, um, it's super interesting. The, the one you mentioned around KYC. So I, I spent a little bit of time in, in the, in the banking environment and KYC is a pain. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but so what, what do you mean exactly? The banks could collaborate uh, further together yeah, exactly. to like centralize this KYC information mm-hmm. because there is, there is a huge data privacy issue here. Yeah. So well, is it part of the fintechs that you mentioned that are in the yes. back end of the, that's super interesting.
2: Um, okay. one, two, sorry, guys. Just to jump in, what can can you explain KYC a little bit for me? Yeah, <laughs> so it's,
1: it's know your customer. So it's essentially what the banks go through when they're all onboarding anyone into the bank. So it's like providing all of your ID and who are your bank signatories, who can authorize payments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And for every bank, it's different. So every treasurer is providing all these different documents to different banks and they might be asked like three or four times by different parts of the bank for different information and then when someone who's a signatory leaves then they have to update that information and it's just a real ongoing pain because it's not standardized across the banks. Um, So SWIFT have been doing a lot of work with their KYC registry and trying to get that underway, way but it's taking time because of the enormity of it and there are fintechs that are coming into this space one of them is associated with ing so it's called corpid which is c-o-o-r-p-i-d um and that is on the innovation lab and they're doing an amazing job of trying to make everything easier but it's associated with ing but crucially they've opened it up to other banks um and it's now kind of just getting that momentum what it needs is for more banks to Push behind it. Um, so there's a, a kernel there and it's making really good progress, but it needs
2: other banks to explain it. Very interesting. So, so what's TMI doing in this space, Eleanor? I think that's one of your yeah. mission statements in a yeah. way, right? To, to foster those conversations.
1: Yeah. The thing about us is that we're lucky because we're kind of an independent body sitting in the middle almost like a mediator, if you like, so we can connect those different Treasury stakeholders across the globe. But we can also sometimes give banks that candid feedback so we can listen to treasurers, we can anonymize the, the issues that they're having, and we can take that to the banks and say, look, you know, you're not doing well enough here. I have had a conversation with one bank, actually it was on KYC. I was speaking with a couple of corporates and they were saying, well, we chose bank XYZ over bank ABC because bank ABC's KYC was just such a nightmare. So, you know, I've gone to, to bank ABC and I've said, well, do you know that you're actually losing business because of this? Like, obviously not naming any names. Um, and, you know, then they've gone away and go, okay, we really, really need to work on this. And they have. So we're in that position of being able to kind of sit between and be a neutral party and, and facilitate those conversations and go forward.
2: That's super interesting. So I, mean, I it's it's also cool that you guys have that authority, that they actually listen as well. So um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm from.
1: I think it comes from, a we've got a, a good history um, in the market. We have a lot of great connections. We have direct lines into people we text by at the bank, but also to treasurers who speak to us candidly because they trust us. So, there's a There's an issue with all media, um, and as soon as you tell someone you that you're a journalist, they're like, oh, and the fact is going to be going and selling private stories to like really bad newspapers, and like, that's certainly not what t m i does It's not really what any b to b media does, so the aim is, for us is to talk about what's going on in the industry in terms of progression and uh, and how we can make the profession better it's not about you know gossipy stories etc so i think it's having that position of trust uh, that comes from our the quality of our content um the fact that we always quote check with people so if you're working with you everything will come to you to check that you're happy with it before it goes anywhere and also that we say kind of no to overt sales pitches so i'm (laughs) i'm it's quite funny because people think I'm quite gentle and quite calm, which I generally am. <laughs> it's something that I, I don't like or I don't feel comfortable with. I will absolutely speak up about it. So most of the time, like 99% of the time, we write all of our own content. Very occasionally, they say, or oh, can we use you as a channel just to push out this content? and um sometimes it's great no problems just make a few tweaks other times it's just a pure sales pitch and at a point i go back to them and i say honestly i don't think anyone's going to read this i don't think it's you don't think you're going to get value for money out of it and so it's kind of having that censorship if you like and the ability to gatekeep the quality that that gives us that trust the grip thing well that's why
2: that's super nice super interesting
1: um, I've waffled on there a lot about what I'm seeing uh, of what we're doing at DMI, but I'm kind of conscious that, that you guys see a lot of different things as well. So tell me about building treasury networks from your perspective and whether you've got any top tips for introverts like me.
0: <laughs> but so we're happy that uh, we are seeing the same things um, apparently. So that, that's already great news. Um, I, I was going to say like, to create a developer network one of the very good tips is to create a podcast um, which you're already doing I mean you're hosting uh, quite some episodes as well um, but so definitely that has been I mean that has been a game changer for us um, initially so jokes aside uh, we wanted to create something together with Sam and I uh, I was curious about Treasury um, and we were like okay we are both huge fans of podcasts uh, we consume a lot of it so like Why not creating something like this and see where it goes? And we ended up talking to more and more amazing people. I mean, literally, at the beginning, the episodes were just between the two of us. And we quickly interviewed people that we knew. So, Ellen Lowers, who was my former manager, uh, Daniel Sanchez uh, from a a big FMCG company. Then we got Mike Richards on the show um, that gave us quite some exposure. And then we it's funny to see how much uh, people are keen on talking about treasury, yeah. uh, ultra positively responsive. I mean, we really do not struggle at all finding guests because everybody wants to talk about treasury, spread the word, um, and are super keen. And so we do this, obviously, completely for free. I think that's that goes back a little bit to what you were uh, telling about the over um content. Yeah. Creating content for free uh, and proposing it for free is I think great to develop your network first of all because you get in in touch with people within the treasury world, but people also see and get value from you completely for free, and that, that gives you a certain authority, right? I'm not saying that we are there yet, um, but it's definitely one of the way. So yeah, creating a podcast is, is a good way, and more generally, creating content, whatever you are. I'm thinking about consultancy firms. Um, banks, and you mentioned it with the, the different collaboration they were doing and like starting to do knowledge sharing sessions or panel discussions. I yeah. think that's great. Um, that's something we see more and more. That's, that's great strategy to spread the word, bring value, uh, inform on Treasury. And we, we mentioned it, right? The chat GPT thing. Uh, what can be done with that? Um, like let's discuss it. Let's sit down with the AI professionals, with Treasury people who, who tr- like to find some new ways of doing and automating stuff. So, yeah, that's that's one I have in mind. Um, what what do you think, Sam? Do you, do you have other um, trends in mind?
2: I mean, I mean, I can I can be more generic about, like, networking in general. I think, I mean, you mentioned it really nicely, actually, Ele- Eleanor, earlier when you said about um, just, like, for example, I think you mentioned something interesting, which was you, you put time limits on how much you were networking even. <laughs> so you said, like, oh, I'll just go for half an hour or, or do something like this, which is, I mean, I would self-identify as an extrovert. I think I get a lot of energy from talking to people, but I still feel anxiety a lot of the time as well. I think everyone does to a certain degree. Um, and I think it's just about, you know, just doing the bare minimum, going yeah. up and saying hello without actually talking about treasury. Yeah. Um, offering someone a biscuit, you know, something like this. Just gets the ball rolling a lot of the time. Yeah, um, just break the ice. Yeah, just break the ice. And then not have a conversation about treasury or a professional conversation at all with the first two, three, five people you speak to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then maybe when you're warmed up a little bit, you can start actually delving into it. So I think that's a one, but I think it's just generally about putting yourself out there. Right. Again, I think I echo Guillaume's point. That's what we did with the podcast was just sort of putting ourselves out there. Um, and then just generally wherever you go, there's no harm. People are just generally nice. Yeah. I find, especially in treasury.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've worked in other parts of finance. So I wouldn't say treasurerism.
2: <laughs> it's less so. <laughs> and they, at the yeah, elder, which will, who are the worst? Is it the accountants? Are <laughs> treasurers not like accountants?
1: No, I liked uh, all the accountants there. I like, were lovely. It was all on the trading side, probably, when they were...
2: I see,
1: uh, okay. It's very <laughs> <saying. laughs> difficult to be a woman in, the, in that uh, industry. Treasurers are lovely, and um, uh, yeah, there's always interesting things to say. I, I, sometimes we try and uh, get treasurers to submit exciting photos to, to go, go in the mag if we're doing a program. <laughs> <laughs> And I was one guy. He told us all about these amazing holidays that he'd been on and he sent in photos of him stroking a cheetah <laughs> like okay how are we going to get better from here so we always try and get a bit competitive with people like well this is what we've had in the past so what are you going to send us in terms of a photo which is always fun and then i find that if anyone has a dog then you can speak about them i know probably more about certain treasure with dogs than I do about great <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. great. But yeah, common ground, right? That, that's yeah. what it is. I think that's, that's the basics of conversation in general. I think another one that I will touch on uh, that Gil mentioned, I think, in, in a way as well, which is give before you take. I think everything Gil and I have done, we've always focused on giving yeah. to whoever we can in whatever way we can, whether that's, you know, offering to do some work uh, for free or whatever or um offering to give a shout out or putting people in touch with each other being that mm-hmm. um point of connection i think um again it's already been mentioned a couple of times mike mike richard from the treasury recruitment company that's it's just amazing at that and mm-hmm. um, i think we were really blown away working with them and then just how many times he would just keep throwing people our way and saying hey by the way um you know hussam and gian are doing a great job with corporate treasury 101 you should talk to them about this and then we just get an email in you know, like, uh, and then we get a contact straight away, and just, um, and we appreciate that a lot. It made us want to give back as much as possible. Yeah, which was a lesson for us, which is just go around giving, and and the universe gives back.
1: Yeah, That's-
2: without expecting that. Exactly, without expecting to receive. Like that. exactly, right. expecting yeah. to receive. Yeah.
1: Indeed, just go uh, out to give. Yeah, people would like that. Um, me from my freelance point of view, so doing freelance writing work outside of TMI, and um, most of the time, mom like way too busy with pmi stuff so i don't do much but i'll inevitably refer to another journalist so i say oh you could try xyz or whoever and uh, they're always surprised that i've referred them on to another journalist they're like well why, i'm not going to take the work so i'd much rather that you know someone else has that opportunity and these are really good people are saying it pay it forwardly
0: Wow, and you're embodying the con- the advice you were giving earlier, which is collaborate even with competition to uh, to yeah. create more value. so that's uh, that, that's beautiful. Okay. Um, and maybe going back to this uh, networking and the because I think that's part of the of the work and the mission statement of associations and treasury associations, yeah. right uh, connecting treasurers within um, regions, countries and so on. Uh, we'd like to explore a little bit the topic of uh, those treasury associations. So you mentioned EACT earlier, uh, a European association of corporate treasurers. I'm going to name a few just so our listeners have uh, have those names in mind. Um, we have also the ATEB, which is the Association des Tresoriers d'Entreprise Belge. It's this equivalent of EACT, but really focused on Belgium. IACT, I believe, is quite active as well, uh, the Irish associations um, and so on. So what are their roles and or missions exactly, and what do they stand for uh, in that regard?
1: The NTAs, they do an absolutely amazing job. I just want to take a a minute to kind of shout out to all of the people who run them behind the scenes, a lot of them are doing it alongside day jobs, and it takes a huge amount of organization, and they do an Mm -hmm. amazing job at it. It's kind of making treasury a real profession in certain countries. So it might be exams, there is responsible for special exams. They hmm. have networks, they have a lot of knowledge sharing. It's also about building the future of treasury in each country or region. So they hold things like tech days. So uh, you mentioned the, the Belgian treasury association that they recently had a tech day and the Austrian treasury association at the same. And they get tech companies to come in and speak to traders about what they're doing, not only what they're doing today, but what's happening tomorrow and what they should be looking at in the future. And again, it's that for a non-salesy, like we're here to actually talk to you about technology, not just pitch your system. Um, and it's connecting people, but it's also really, really important things, particularly at the EAC level, like lobbying regulators. So speaking to regulators about the impact of Potential regulations or changes to regulations, how that's going to impact the real economy, how that's going to impact the Treasury, things like those MMF regulations that we spoke about earlier. So, there's an awful lot that goes on uh, with Treasury associations, and they're always busy, and huge value add. So, for anyone that isn't a member of a fair, local Treasury association, and there are tons of associations, there's little ones popping up absolutely everywhere. Japan, Greece, there's a huge established one in South Africa.
0: Okay, and maybe uh, continuing on that, what's the what's the process to enter into such association? Do you need to meet a certain list of criteria? I guess you need to be a treasury professional, right? But yeah, what it's, what
1: it's- it really varies from association. Most of them will have membership criteria on their website. Um, mm-hmm. Some luxury costs involved with it, a lot of them, but in the organization
0: awesome we'll do and we'll put a um, a bunch of links in the description but uh, well eleanor look very much looking forward to meet you in person in that 30 minutes window at uh, one of the events uh, soon right <laughs> <laughs> i'll
1: put you on list of two or three people to...
2: <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> it is <today> a warm up <laughs> so, <now. laughs>
2: so do you guys work with them eleanor like as team yeah. are you guys associated with them or do yeah. you work behind the scenes with them as well
1: we have, um, a big association with the EACP, so we're kind of their official publisher, if you like, um, we help them with events, um, and all kinds of things throughout the year. And we also help all of the treasury associations under the EACP banner, sort of supporting them with pro bono, um, administrative support, um, kind of just partnerships that look into publications. So we do a publication. South African Association, we do events for specific NTAs, so quite often work with the Belgian Association, most recently joined, um, well, Greece joined, um, and we we'll be doing an event with them as well. So yeah, there's an awful lot of kind of support that goes on in terms of setting up their activities, helping them to develop those in-house secretariat skills, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of practical support, but also that sort of leadership side of things. And then our distribution kind of mirrors where UNTAs have emerged, so Japan, Korea, um, and there's also we're seeing more now. We sort of try and make sure that our our readership and distribution covers the are as well. So there's quite an interesting little relationship between PMI. and always evolving and we always love to challenge to, to do the next thing that they're looking
2: for. Hey, anything specific you guys have done that you want to call out? Like, uh, I don't know, topics or conferences you've hosted something else really stood out in some collaboration
1: the iact conference that we did last year in november so that was in dublin um i moderated three panels there one of them was a slight surprise because someone got covid the day before and i had to step in uh not having met the other panelists <laughs> it was a great session now but the one that stands out for me was on esg and it was totally like no holds barred. Um, it was absolutely like a a kind of ugly discussion on ESG and really, really open. Um, and I had so much amazing feedback from that from people in the audience saying that it was the best discussion they've had on ESG because it was just real. Um, and Sort of looking at whether treasurers actually need to engage on ESG or not. And no, they don't necessarily if it's not, where their urbanisation is at, but these are the areas where you can add value if you want to. So that that was one that was sort of stands out for me. But the the main event for us every year is the EACT summit. That's kind of our main collaborative partnership. So it's in April this year. Um, it's in Lund, in Belgium, and it's huge. Just- yeah, all of the NTAs come together. So there'll be sort of ten people each of the European NTAs who come. And we have all kinds of different speakers um, who come and present on everything from like cybersecurity to trade finance innovations. I'm doing another session on ESG, so uh, yeah, that should be good fun.
2: Um, Finding a favorite topic here, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I have
1: written a handbook on ESG and treasury, so it's kind of my pet thing. But it's it's always been an area of interest for me. So I used to work in private wealth management before I started in treasury. And the, one of the ladies that I worked with, she was into sustainable investing. That was super, super early on before it kind of became a thing. So, um, yeah, I always looked up to her. She was kind of event for me. And so it came through from there, really. So, yeah, so the cool. ENC Summit is our, probably our, our biggest collaborative event. And uh, looking forward to that one, getting the flavor of all the local things that are going on.
0: Yeah maybe uh, f- following the trend of um, you asking us the question back Leonardo. Uh on the treasury association to be honest um we i mean our knowledge is a little bit limited but i feel treasury is on the rise for sure and that's a little bit the feeling we get from all our all our interviews um also as per the, the data it gathers right so cash um and cash data or data related to cash uh, becomes critical especially in periods of recessions you named it earlier with the rising interest rates and so on. So treasury definitely is on the rise. It becomes more and more strategic and popular. and uh, That's something we touched upon with the TIS uh, thought leadership as well. So I believe in this context, collaboration between association and uh, between different actors, right? Banks, system vendors, um, media companies and so on. There is everything to win uh, by collaborating. New solutions, for sure. Our expertise is a bit limited in here, so I'm, I'm not going to speak too much about it. But for sure, uh, sharing knowledge um, and that's that's beautiful. That's something we mentioned earlier. Definitely, there is value in that. Uh, taking the time to educate people, and there are still, I feel, so many topics that can be tackled that we we haven't yet. Uh, so much in treasury, in particular. I'm thinking about cryptocurrencies. You you named it earlier. Is there something to be done here that would be really of added value and so on? I'm not sure. But maybe it's worth it's worth checking, uh, maybe in a in an in-house bank uh, context or something really internal or between um entities within the same network. There, there for sure are some things to do. And this will come from collaboration, AI as well. We named it Chat GPT, I'm sure. Like the collective thinking uh will help advancing the technology and helping it um well improve the life of treasurers, right? Yeah. Because as you named yeah. it. It's uh, <laughs> it's a very heavy work. So yeah, that's uh, that's the uh, that's my view on it. Um, what do, what do you think, Sam?
2: I mean, y- y- we've talked about cryptocurrency, right, Kim? We did not like, yeah, like 40, 40 something, forty five, forty four. Talked about Bitcoin as, yeah, in form of hedging, in terms of how it can be related to cash pooling and whatnot as well. And so, mm-hmm. um, but definitely more to be explored, I think, for sure. I mean, I I'm not so much of I'm not a treasurer, right? So, <laughs> I I couldn't really tell you what treasurers could do more, of, but I could say that. All the treasurers I've spoken to, or we've spoken to in these podcasts, both on and off the podcast, have um, always mentioned that talent has always been an issue. Treasury is not sexy enough. Um, we can't get people in. We can't get people to be aware of it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, so coming at it from the content side, um, I still think there's a lot I haven't seen, at least, and I think that's where Game and I are trying to go with with our podcast of just, like, outreach to the newer generations in new formats yeah. and new formats of content. I think podcasting's a big one. Um, I see a lot of white papers still in Treasury, which I think might cater to a certain demographic, but <laughs> but I don't know if that's what, you know, uni- university students are re- reading or college students are reading or yeah. uh, making them aware of what Treasury is as a career path.
1: Can you kind of envisage a Treasury TikTok? Oh, yeah, I
2: did <laughs> There's a TikTok for everything, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still, I mean, here's the thing. The approach key of my put something's better than nothing. So maybe yeah. you will get one with millions and millions of views. But you might inspire that odd person that's in yeah. some sort of mathsy, financey division, um, that you kind of give them a little insight into, you know, how cash pooling is done and how yeah. um the intricacies of of uh, hedging and things like this. And it might just spark a, a curiosity, right? Uh, you never know yeah. what influences someone down that path.
1: I'm going to make you promise now then that if I start a treasury TikTok, you'll both come on
2: it. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> I'll be, we be. it Well, I mean, part of making treasury sex again was us being <laughs> in the treasury content space. <laughs> James, uh French accent was what we could fall for. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know if that we convert, but uh, we can
1: definitely. <laughs> well, I'll <be> friend.
0: <laughs> yeah, but look, if, I don't know if there is any, but if uh, some TED Talks organizers are listening to, the, to this podcast, who knows, maybe. Uh, definitely down to organize one, and uh, we'll have Eleanor with us for sure. Maybe not for the networking event afterwards, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. And, <laughs> that's something we would be interested in. Um. All right. We, we covered quite a lot. That's, that's amazing. Thanks for, thank you so much, Eleanor. Um, I don't think there is anything else, uh, you'd like to add to either, uh, the major trends, TMI in particular, treasury associations, or any other hot topics that you would like to. Yeah,
1: I think we fell on a fairly good kind of whistle stop call of everything. But the thing that is always on my mind is, um, with all of this change going on, the treasurers being so busy and so much being expected. Of them, just to have an eye on well being. Um mm-hmm. mental health is so, so important. Um I really do worry about burnout in treasurers I see a lot of them that are doing quite much, especially those that are running treasury associations as mm-hmm. well. So just be conscious oh, of your mental health, be conscious of well being and check in on the people around you as well. My
0: only. Li- awesome. No, but you're right. Wait That's super, super important. All right. So we'll put um, uh, some of the links uh, that we mentioned already in this episode. But uh, if people would like to reach out either to you, and my advice is email or LinkedIn. <laughs> <Please> <laughs> get Eleanor to answer, <laughs> uh, or maybe directly to TMI uh, because you, you guys are doing a lot. Where should people go if they want either to learn more or to be in touch or see where your next event is? And where should they go?
1: So the TMI website is probably the best place where everything's together. So that's treasury-management.com. Everything's on there. You can email us, TMI at treasury-management.com. I'm always open to chatting on LinkedIn, as I said, so just look for me, Eleanor Hill. I've got red hair, so it's very obvious once you stumble across me. Awesome.
0: That's perfect. Uh, We'll put all this in the description. Thank you so much, Villano.
1: Thank you for having me.